Welcome, podcast listeners. It's December 2nd, 2021. It's been a while since I've been on this thing trying to do a podcast. But you know what happens? Life gets in the way and work gets in the way. So today we're here in the studio with Marie Hoffman. Marie is a professional voiceover actor. Marie, introduce yourself. Hello. I'm Marie. <laughs> Hi, Marie. How you doing over there? I'm fine. How are you, Frank? Oh, me? I'm living the American dream. Good for you. No doubt about it. That is great. I mean, and it shows. Absolutely. You're passionate about your work. Thank you. So, Marie, tell me about your journey. Tell me how you ended up getting into doing professional voiceover work. Well, many, many moons ago, I wanted to use my voice in some way. You know, I would watch lots of variety shows like the Lawrence Welk show. Oh, wouldn't it be cool to be a dancer and a singer on that show? And, you know, singing and music was a big part of my past. You know, my mom was a singer in this ARFA choir in Passaic, right? And they would travel the Northeast seaboard, sometimes go up to Canada even, and they'd sing all different types of songs. So she would sing those songs. She'd have the opera on while we were cleaning the house on Saturdays. She just loved music. So we always had music in the house. So, you know, you're singing. I'm in the glee club in high school and in the, the shows in high school. I go to college. I'm in shows. And, and then, you know, then I leave college after two years. And I'm saying, I don't want to do this anymore. And I just started taking jobs. Jobs in, you know, like as a receptionist, as a secretary, whatever. And they said, you know, we want you to do like the uh, the answering machine, you know, like hi, you called XYZ Corporation. Sorry, we're not here. Call back tomorrow. Leave your leave your name at the yeah. beep kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it started. Never got paid for it, you know, and just did that wherever I went. And whether it was a small corporation, a huge corporation, it always seemed like that was the bottom line that that's what they wanted me to do. You know, of course, you know, doing other stuff. So I leave the corporate world. I go back to college, I get my BS in finance. I was like 40 years old at the time, just got married. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm working in New York and yeah, I wanna be an investment banker. That's what I want. So I get my BS in finance. And as soon as I graduate in December, I'm married now for four years, I'm pregnant. And my husband is like, don't go back to work. You know, just stay home, rest, do whatever. So that's what I did. So, you know, the baby is growing up and I'm like, so what am I what am I going to do with my life? She's in school. Maybe I'll be a substitute teacher, you know, so I could be around her and that's that. So I'm looking just in the local paper, the Montclair Times, and they've got an adult education voiceover class. So, Marie, tell the uh, the listeners where you live, where you're located at. I live in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Okay. What exit? Just kidding. <laughs> One, 151. <laughs> 151 go. off the parkway. Excellent. Yeah. So I go to this voiceover class, and they have you go up to the microphone and read a script, and they say, we'll tell you what genre you're good in. And I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Genre? What are you talking about? You know? I said, I just want to, like... Is that French? Yeah, yeah yes, it is. Um, so... They call me back a couple of days later. Oh, you'd be great with narration and audiobooks and documentaries and stuff like that. Take this class. It's a weekend class. At the end of it, you'll have a demo and you're ready to go. I was like, how much is this going to cost? They said, oh, it costs about $5,000. And I'm saying, oh, my God. So I go home to my husband, and he's a CPA. And I said, honey, what do you think? He's like, that's not bad to start a business, $5,000. That's peanuts. I'm like, okay. So... I didn't feel right about it. It felt like, how could it be so fast that after a weekend, I'm going to have a demo and I'm going to have jobs? What does that mean? So long story short, no, that's not the way to do it. You need 
years and years of training. I'm still training. I train at least once a month with somebody. But I did take their advice, and I did go into non-broadcast work. My first thing was going into audiobooks because it just made sense to me. So I get an audiobook, but I don't have a place to record. So I'm on YouTube. I was like, so what do I do? I don't have any money. How do I build a studio? So I built a studio in the basement. Noise floor of negative 63. And um, so... How did, how did you figure out all the technical things? And God sent me Uncle Roy. You know Roy Yolkelson? Absolutely. Uncle Roy lives about a mile from me. And lucky. I found him when I was volunteering in New York reading for the blind. And it turned out that he put all of their studios together. Six beautiful studios at the JBI Library. So I would go in there once a week and I'd record and I got to know the manager and she said, do you know Uncle Roy? I was like, oh, what? And yeah, she said, Uncle she goes, you got to get, yeah, I, immediately I'm like, who is this guy? You know, I'm, all, I'm very cynical, very cynical, <laughs> very cynical, very skeptical, also very gullible. So that's a lethal combination. So I contact Uncle Roy and he says, yeah, you know, I'll come over, I'll take a look, you know, and um, whatever. So he set me up. He said, you need this, you need that. And that's what I did. I just followed what he told me to do. And I recorded my first book with uh, ACX, you know, the Audiobook Creation Exchange. There was a royalty share. It was some Jewish lady from Israel. And it was a horrible, well, I don't want to say in case she's listening, but it was a wonderful book. And, um, you know, and there it goes. And I'm still getting royalty shares from her. This is now seven years later. So, um, you know, I hook up with uh, different authors, different publishers. this This is your journey. This is how you... Slowly yeah. got into this business. Right. And did you look at it as a supplemental income or did you look at it as, I'm going to make millions doing this? I went with the intention of, you know, I was single until I was 40 years old. I always paid my own bills. So I said, okay, if God forbid something happens to my husband, how am I going to support myself? That's how, that's how I still approach it to this day. So I went in there with success as the end goal, creative and financial success. That's my end goal. So I'm doing audiobooks. I'm getting books from the major publishers. Every time I turn in a book, I get another book back, you know, and I do everything myself. So it's the recording, the editing, the mastering, all of that stuff. So you, you, keep, it, you keep it small, you keep it all. So basically you're the, the engineer, the voiceover person. Yeah, and I'm also anal retentive because I want control of my work. Yeah. I want control of my work because I did farm it out a couple of times and what I got back wasn't what I would consider as pristine as, you know, mm. because it's my baby. So doing audiobooks for 10 years and all of a sudden I'm saying to myself, there's, there's got to be an easier way to do this, you know. So I'm now segueing into commercial work, um, e-learning work, telephony, which is like, you know, the answering machines. And um I have been booking some radio commercials and e-learning I was doing for a little while. Uh, it kind of went quiet. Now it needs to, I need to just kind of ramp up with my clients again. But e-learning, I got all of my clients from LinkedIn, do direct marketing. I have some agents, but the agents, you know, they bring in a small percentage of your work, very small. Um, the rest is direct marketing, who you know. So what has been your most effective way to let the world know who you are and what you do? What's been... Um, LinkedIn. 
LinkedIn. I go to LinkedIn and I connect with people. At one point, I was connecting with 30 people a day. I would research people, connect with them, send them a link saying, I'd like to invite you to connect. Um, They would connect. I'd send them a a little note like, this is who I am. I have a strong corporate background. Uh, I also used to be an elementary school teacher, so I could engage with your audiences, whatever their age is. So um, LinkedIn has been the best direct marketing tool for me. You know, I do send emails, but I don't get as much success with them. I go to conferences. Of course, you always meet people. And that's, you know, the start of the relationship. You know, you meet them, you say hello to them. And um, sometimes they remember you, sometimes they don't. Um, But the commercial work has been through agents. That's been through agents. Tell me about your most challenging job, your most challenging voiceover job. The most challenging job was the first book I got with a major publisher. I had recorded the whole thing, and now I was just listening back for edits and you know, making sure that it was clean, that the audio was clean before I sent it out to them. And my computer died. It crashed. I couldn't, and I was on a deadline, like, like it was due tomorrow. So the computer dies. First person I call is Uncle Roy, and I'm like, what happened? What do I do? And he's on the phone with me trying to do all this stuff over the phone. And finally, he says, I'm bringing my computer over to you. So he brings me the computer with the software. I was able to finish on deadline. But the hours between when it crashed till I finally got it done, if I didn't jump off a roof at that point, you know, I'm okay for the rest of my life. It was, it was incredibly nerve-wracking. Um, I put so much pressure on myself because this was, you know, the first book from a new publisher. They usually send you a book. It's like your audition book. Let's see what she's got, you know. Is she going to do it on time? Is she going to do it well? What kind of audio is she sending us? Is it, is it going to be dirty? Is it going to be filled with burps or, you know, whatever, you know. Um, or kids in the background. Right, or, yeah. You know, so ambient noise. Yeah, anytime anything like that happened, you stop, right? And you have to start up again. Yeah. So you lose your flow. You lose your train of um, your where you are. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So you would say that was that was your most challenging job and you were able yes. to over, overcome, overcome it. So, it. yeah. So <clears throat> after you did that, uh, were you able to do additional work for that company? Oh, gosh, yeah. Like I figured, you know, they would, they would say, well, dump her name in the trash. As soon as I sent it in and it was out for release, I get another book. And it was like that for three years. Uh-oh. Doors opening up. Uh-oh. Coffee's coming in. Great. Come on in. We got hey. we got the guys bringing us some coffee here. Nice. Doesn't love, get any better than that. I love my coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Marie and I are going to have some coffee talk. Thank you so Thanks, much, guys. guys. No awesome. Coffee talk. Oh, my God. So who does your nails? Oh, stop. <laughs> Okay, we're having too much fun. I know, really. So the whole reason why I put this podcast together is just for other people to kind of understand that there's video marketing and mayhem. There's good days and bad days in the industry. So I love what I do, and I, you know, there's no the only reason why I like to do this podcast is to get to meet people and uh, and maybe connect with uh, an audience out there. That's been through the same, so you're you're not alone. And hopefully, in the journey of, of interviewing people, we may be able to resolve some of their questions or answers, or like, oh, I've been there before, and what did you, you know, how did you resolve that? So, was there anything that you ran into that was a complete disaster, or that was the the uh, 
you know, complete that was, disaster. that was, well, when I say complete disaster, hopefully there's a solution where the problem happens, something technical maybe. Yeah. Well, I, I gave you the, the technical one about, you know, the computer crashing and stuff. Oh yeah. Um, I think the hardest thing is that as a voice actor, you don't get feedback. Very rarely do you get feedback. So you could be auditioning every day, all day and not get chosen and not know why. And so your, your self-confidence, the self-doubt, it's like, oh my God, I must be a hack. I must be a hack. They're and and, and the me. frustrating part is you are the team. There's not four or five other people saying, oh, come on, Marie, you know, this no. is just a, mm-hmm. you know, just a rough spot and it's going to get better. And it's, it's tough when you're right. you know, solo. Right. You and know, you're thinking, you know, maybe operation. Yeah. yeah, maybe it's my marketing. Maybe I'm hitting the wrong people. Who else should I reach out to? Um, how come, you know, Jane Doe over there is making, you know, a six figure income? What are they doing differently that I'm not doing? So there's that constant self reevaluation or self doubt. Self doubt is huge. It's huge. And, and guess who guess who is, you know, your worst enemy is usually yourself. Oh, God. <laughs> Other yeah. people have more confidence in you than you yeah. have in yourself. And it's true. It really is. Because if you're winning, then everything is great. If you're not winning, you're saying... It's devastating. What? Like, what am I doing wrong? What do I have to change? And because there's so many things that you can change, you say, what do I do first? You know, do I do more training? Do I do... Do I get a better microphone? And a better microphone is never the answer. It, it, Ever. It really is not. Because I've, I've been in situations I own a a video production company, and I've been in situations where I'm out on the field and somehow, you know, everything that was tested before you went out the door doesn't work. And I simply, you have to improvise. And uh, so one time I was in a real jam and I I simply took a iPhone and I took a piece of gaffer tape and I put it slightly out of the frame and I used the audio off the iPhone, a little recorder mm-hmm. application on the iPhone. And it actually sounded pretty damn good. See that? And, you know, and you know, like the old saying is, don't let your client see a sweat. They're like, what's that for? I said, oh, I just back up audio. Everything's cool, you know. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, they're still wearing the professional mic that's not working. And right. and uh, we resolved it. So, um, and again, that's why, <clears throat> you know, it's part of the, the mayhem in the business of how to overcome, you know, adversity. You really have to, there's lots of pivoting. Lots of pivoting oh, yeah. where, you know, it, well, it worked last year or it worked right. last month and how come it's not anymore? You know, like, and you never know. It's always, whatever idea comes to your head, sometimes you just have to go with it. You just have to trust it. And that's so hard to do because you don't know if the idea you have is the one that's going to be mm-hmm. the one that's going to put you over the edge positively or negatively. So, and then, you know, sometimes you just have to walk away. You know, sometimes you just have to say, I need a break. I need to go on vacation. I need to have a cup of coffee, go for a walk, whatever, just to get your mind, get yourself out of your own head, because that's that's a killer. That'll kill the the whole, like you say, mojo. Absolutely, you know, yeah. if you're in your head, you're thinking too much. You know, the auditions that I really do well on are the ones that in my brain I start with, screw it, and then I go, <laughs> and then right. I just go. You know, because if I'm thinking and how should I, you know, who am I thinking about? And, think you know, I always try to pull an experience from my life before I start the script. But I remember there was this one script that 
they said, um, I think it was for Alexa. I don't remember. And it was like, we want somebody with a very slight Spanish accent. I'm not Spanish, okay? And this was before, you know, right now, in well, it's been a while, but in the voiceover world, if you're not who they're asking for, pass on it, you know? If you're not the African-American male, right. pass on it, you know? And I get it, I get it. But this was way before that. So they said a slight Spanish accent. So I started in my head, screw it, and here I go. And I got called back like three times for it. Didn't book it in the end, but... It was like, what? You know, like, I don't get it. You know, I just, I guess maybe I was just so relaxed. Or um, I had a picture of my daughter when she was a baby. And they were talking about reminiscing with memories. So it just all kind of, the story I told myself came out in my voice. So do you, like an actor, do you prepare for a job? Do you get into character? Absolutely. When you're doing a book, you have to read the whole book. You know, nonfiction, you don't have to be as specific as, uh, you know, that I find. Um, I've done over 100 books. I'm not saying it because I've done three. But when it comes to fiction, if you've got characters, you've got to go in there and find out who they are. Get some adjectives, you know. Are they what age? What's their background? Schooling? Do they live in the city? Are they rich? Are they poor? Are they funny? Are they dark? You know, so you find all of that out. And then, yeah, you have to prepare for that. Nonfiction, you have to look up all the words that you don't know how to say, all of them, because it's going to come back to get you. You know, they're not going to let it fly with the wrong word being spoken. So if it's a 10-hour book, you're reading the book, so that's 10 hours. You're recording the book, and if you're really good, it's two hours to one hour. So it takes me two hours to do one hour of finished audio. So that's 30 hours, okay? And then I listen back. Why do they hire you? What? what? <laughs> How, how, like, so my question is, I get bombarded. I own a video production studio. I started in 1978. And it seems like the very first day I went into uh, into business, hi, I'm Bob Smith. How are you today? And I'm like, hi, Bob Smith. You could turn off your voiceover voice. And I'd get bombarded with people, first of the phone calls, and now, uh, now with the internet, it's just mm-hmm. every, I'd say every day or every other day. Uh, somebody's soliciting their voiceover work. And unfortunately, you know, there's stuff at the top of the pyramid that has to be addressed and the stuff at the bottom, which is endless people hitting me up for voice. I just, I hate to say this, delete, 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 delete. And Mm -hmm. to to now I actually block it. And, um, And so it must be tough for you to... Like, where my, where's my next job coming from? So how do you get to the point where you have consistent work? What, How does that happen? Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. You know, like I said, with audiobooks, never had to worry when the next book was coming, ever. And that's not just from one publisher. You know, it's been from a bunch of, you know, you're constantly, while you're working on a book, you're, you know, your feelers are out for the next book. And you, you know what your calendar looks like. And you know that you have an opening at the end of January for two weeks. So you're calling Simon & Schuster or you're calling uh, Blackstone. And you're saying, you know, I have an opening at the end of January. I'd love to have a book on my calendar from you. Things like that. Sometimes it doesn't work. And that's when you beef up your marketing. And that's when you beef up everything else. Get your bills paid and, you know, all that other stuff. For the most part. Being the like the the solopreneur, the marketer, the engineer, the actor, all of this in the downtime. That's when you're training. That's when you're marketing. That's when you're improving yourself and your business. 
whether it's listening to podcasts, talking, training, whatever, that's a constant, constant cycle. So if there comes a time where November was slow for whatever reason, or August is slow, you have to know also the cycle too, because sometimes in is the summer cycle, it depends. It depends. I mean, the pandemic threw everything, all the rules out of the water. That's why there's been did such it, an influx. Did it increase your business? It kept me stable. It did not drop it. Okay. It kept me stable. So it didn't go up. It didn't go down. You you were consistently I working. Was, yes. Right. Yes. How many years did it take you to stabilize consistent income? So did it? It took a while, or did it happen overnight? Because God, in no. this industry, you, you get a job and you're you're excited and you're on top of the world. And then after that, you're unemployed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I started part-time, you know, when I started in the beginning. I was like, I don't know if this is going to work or not, you know. And I was teaching during the day as a substitute teacher, come home, make supper, go downstairs, record or edit, go to sleep, do over. Rinse the next and repeat. Day. Right. I did that for about seven years. So then I said, would you, would you do anything different? In that journey? Yes. So, so what would you do different, like, to, to be able to have consistent work? Because in, in this industry, everybody wants consistent work. Either you're incredibly amazing at what you do and the phone just rings off the hook, or you have that inner world. <laughs> you have to be smarter. You have to work smarter, not harder. And what I was doing was working harder, not smarter. And it didn't dawn on me because I felt like as long as people were sending me books, as long as I was getting work, it would be great. But audiobooks is not really considered voiceover. It's really considered publishing. So um, the rules don't really apply to the same, you know. Um, and when I was coaching with audiobook coaches, they were just people who were great at what they did. They weren't people who could get me jobs. What I would do differently is coach with people who cast for audiobooks or cast. Like what I'm doing now is I work with coaches who cast for commercials, who cast for, um, they don't cast for e-learning, but I mean for commercial work, I said, why am I going to somebody who's like really good at a commercial voice actor? Let me go to a casting director and an agent and they do teach. So that's what I've been doing. And people know my work. They know me as a person. Like they get to know so, like, why are you here? And I tell them, this is why I'm here. You know, I want to learn more, and I want to learn from somebody who knows, who has that ear, and knows what's on the pulse, because it changes every single day. What's what's uh, popular, what's not popular, the sound. You know, when the pandemic first happened, everything was very quiet and very blue, Serene. very like, oh, my God, this is a horrible time right now. And then as we came through Marie. it, Yes. We're all in this together. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then it changed and it was like more, yeah, it was rough, but here yeah. we are on the other side, you know? So knowing that shift and knowing people who know that shift, you know, and you're, I'm always listening to commercials on iSpot.tv. So you're in tune with what's happening in the world in a sense. You, 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 you look at that as a way to change your um, <clears throat> strategy. The, oh, your strategy. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know, your like, strategy in marketing or the strategy of how you're going to project your voice? Both. Interesting. Both. You have to because, you know, I don't know. In my downtime, I play these like stupid Candy Crush games 
and you get X amount of turns to, you know, go to the next level. And there's a strategy in all of those in all of those games. You know, yeah, it's whatever the hand is is dealt to you, but then there's a strategy. Do I take the short road or I take the meandering road? And you want to take the short road because you want to get to the next level. And the same thing with voiceover. The strategy is to work with people, casting directors, agents, coaches who can bump me up to that next level. Even people who produce demos. There's so many levels of demo production, right? You want to work with you want to work with the best, even if it costs you an arm and a leg because why would you want to work with anybody else? You want to know that that person is on the pulse, who knows exactly what needs to be on that demo to get you to make that agent say, oh my God, where has she been? Would you say you're consistently busy? Yes. That's fantastic. <laughs> Consi- you know, but I'm not saying crazy consistently busy, but consistently busy. Yes. That's a good spot to be in. Mm-hmm. So what do you feel makes you unique? Maybe you don't feel that. Maybe you do. I hope, <laughs> I, th- I think you do. So, so why you? So as you well know, as I said before, I get bombarded by people calling me up and saying, hey, hire me. And there has to be something about them that I'm like, you know, like because it's it's like a, a slimmer of of a possibility that I'm actually going to open up the email and listen to the voiceover. Otherwise, I'm delete, 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 delete. Right. And to me, I don't care if they're, you know, on the other side of the world or right down the street. It doesn't matter anymore. Even though that I have a sound booth here, professional sound booth, and back in the day, I'd have somebody have car service from New York City. They'd come in, it'd be a big day, and they get paid it pretty well. To me, those days are over with because your studio now is basically in your bedroom with a microphone. And if you're good at what you do, you're going to be busy. So um, I feel like there's thousands and thousands of, of female voiceover choices. Why you? What? How do you? How do you define yourself? How do you... Uh, stay consistently busy. What's unique about you that you feel that, well, hey, Frank, this is why they're hiring me? Well, my tagline says warmth with wisdom. That's my tagline, right? So I'm, I'm the one that comes to you with a background, with a business background. So you're doing corporate films, okay? You're not doing films of the flowers in New Jersey. You're doing films of Bristol Myers, Johnson and John, whatever, all the major corporations, right? So you need somebody who understands that mindset. Corporate speak, yeah. I, it's, I it's, agree with you. Yeah. You know, and I don't only have that, you know, because I also have years of of training with acting and improv, and you know, so you need both. So I come to you with both, and also because I'm not thirty, having had the experience that I have had in my life. Everybody has had experiences. And I'm not saying that you have to be 70 years old, which I'm not. Um, you don't have to be old to have had experiences, but I'm just saying that there's a certain sound that comes out of somebody who has had 50 years, 60 years worth of living, whether it's good or bad or indifferent, as opposed to a 20-year-old, you know, or a 30-year-old or a teenager. And that brings up a good point because when I do uh, something that's in the healthcare field or the medical field, I'm really looking for somebody that has that knowledge and background of how to pronounce some of those difficult words. And so that is where I start to think about who the ideal person is for this particular uh, read of, of a script. 
and uh, and it's it's a process. You know, we go from twenty to say then to, to ten to seven, and and squish it down to maybe three. And sometimes I will take those three samples, and they've read a portion of the script, and send those samples to the client and let the client finally make that final decision. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel so bad when when you know there's so many people looking for voiceover work and I just have to say no no it's like it's it's almost I feel kind of bad because there's there's organizations like Voice 1 2 3 and Fiverr that push the the slippery slope down to zero. So mm-hmm. as a owner of a production company, I am always willing to pay top dollar for the best voiceover for a for a corporate client Mm -hmm. and when somebody watches a video that we produce they're like man there's something about that video Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. not only you know Mm -hmm. it's 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 a combination of multiple things and part of it obviously a big part of it for me is the sound quality and how it's read Mm -hmm. so you know um the the play the the p2ps the play to pay you know whether it's voice one two three there's a bunch of them here overseas whatever Fiverr is like in a different spot as opposed to saying like a, a pay to play that most people will go to. However, I've never been on Fiverr, but there are people, you know, bottom line is I'm not going to judge you. You need to pay the bills. You need to feed your kids. Are you getting work on Fiverr? God bless you. Okay. But there are some agencies that will not put you on their roster if they know that you have an account on Fiverr. I don't, I can't really speak about Fiverr because I've never investigated it. Okay, I've just had hearsay thrown at me. Voice123 and the other pay-to-plays, I was on Voice123 years ago. I booked two jobs after 300 auditions. It's loaded with people. Hundreds of thousands of people are on there because it's just this hub of voice actors from the beginner to the the most experienced and clients know that they can come to one spot it makes it easy for the client to just say I'm just going to go and listen to 400 voices like I don't know who has time to listen to 400 voices if you're not an agency like I don't have that time I don't know if you have that time in addition to everything else that you're running in your business you know so when you're going to a voice actor who you've worked with before or who's become who's come referred to you by someone you're listening, like you said, to maybe 10 people, five people, whatever. That takes time, and you really have to hear the, the nuances. But when you're listening to 400 people, that's crazy. But there are people I know who are very, very excellent voice actors who are making a killing on Voice 123, making a killing. I was there, I got off, I got back on, and now I'm off. Because it was like everything is driven by algorithms now, you know, and that was making me crazy, to be honest. It was like one time, you know, I'd look on Monday, I'm at the top 10% of people. By the end of Tuesday afternoon, I'm in the bottom 50%. And I said, what the heck happened? You know, I don't know what happened, but it's like, you know, you have to be careful about what you audition for. Are you perfect for it? Do you meet all the specs? All the, There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. So you're going to be having a good day. And then when you see it, you're at the bottom of the pile. To me, it affects me. I'm like, get bummed out. I'm like, what happened? I thought I was on page one on right. on Google search. And, and well, you, you yeah. find out you're, you know, you're not even on right. the uh, well, radar. Well, the first, the first emotion that comes up is I'm pissed. <laughs> I'm pissed. I'm not sad. <laughs> yep. I'm not depressed. I'm pissed. I'm like, what? Explain it to me. Yeah. I gave you money 
to be on the site to send me auditions that I'm qualified for, and I put in all of See, my criteria. I don't, even, I don't even know how that works. I've, uh, I've used Voice One Two Three, so I've mm -hmm. been on there. But what's happened over the years is I'll get like three or four really great male voiceover guys that I'll use for that macho corporate type of video that I I end up pursuing them, and they they've built a rapport with me. So mm -hmm. that's probably that's a, a big reason why I just I just cannot spend my time going through endless requests. Right. I'd like to be your voiceover person. I mean, my phone rings constantly right. with, hello, this is uh, Bob Smith here, and, I, <laughs> and uh, I'll even throw in the Ginsu knives, and I'll double your order. And I'm like... You should do your own male voiceovers. <laughs> and I'm like, dude... That's funny. Turn off the voiceover voice. But mm -hmm. it's interesting. You and I know a, a great voiceover guy by the name of Paul Payton. And his voice, is, his voice is always like that. Hello, Frank Farrell. How are you? I'm like, Paul, I'm doing good. But wait, he's, there's more. He's great. He. Yeah, I've used him on a bunch uh, of stuff. He's a yeah, great guy. Yeah, yeah, and he just knows his and stuff. And there's zero ego. I no. can tell you stories that I, I, I was doing a job. You know, you don't want to name names. I'm inside this very well-known supermarket, and I've hired uh, the, the voiceover actor, and he was also the on-camera talent. There was a lot of hurry up and wait time. And then he's basically taking a roll of paper towel and throwing it like a football back and forth to one of the PAs. And I'm like, that was, a, and he calls me all the time. He's like, hey, you know, remember mm -hmm. that time? And I, I'm i like, I'm done. It was yeah. like. It's like you're I, dead to me. It really, you're dead to I was me. Yeah. so surprised that he would do something like that. And yeah. he's like yeah. me, you know, I'm the kind of guy that's dressing in jeans and a, and a t-shirt every day. He was all buttoned up, suit and tie, but I would never expect him mm -hmm. to. And that one little thing kind of affected me. Mm -hmm. And he's he's got a good voice, but I'm just like, you know what? I'm done. Right. You know, every time is money for everybody, right? Yeah. So there was this one um, really fabulous. This is, where, this, is, this is where the mayhem comes in. So we, <laughs> we call it video marketing mayhem. That, that was my mayhem. I was like, yeah. I was freaking out because Unprofessional. I. Unprofessional. Yeah. Unprofessional. I mean, I do stupid stuff like that, but. Hey, I'm the mm -hmm. boss. I could do crap like that. Right. <laughs> well, there's this one um, coach, and he's he's a fabulous um, producer. He says, you know, you get in, get good, get out. You know, that's what you're there. You're there to do the job and leave. That's it. Nobody has time for stuff like that, for, you know, playing around. And if there was some downtime, go on your phone yeah. in the corner somewhere, do something, you know. To me... I find myself doing st st stupid crap like that. Here's this guy twice my age, and I was I couldn't I, I was blown away mm -hmm. that he was doing. It. I looked at him like, right. you got to be kidding me. Mm -hmm. And it was for a pretty high end client, and there was a you know all the big wigs there and the the check yep. signer guys, and yep. uh, it was kind of a mm -hmm. you know here I am you know this was like 20 years ago, mm -hmm. sort of trying to prove my worth, and you know and yeah. it, it was like, wow, I finally arrived. This mm -hmm. is such an awesome shoot. And uh, there was a lot of time in between takes. And so he also walked over to the aisle where they had bags of chips, opened up the chips and started eating. And I'm like, this Stop. is, I'm telling you the truth. Ay, ay, ay. And I still know. Oy. <laughs> There's the oi. Oi, um, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, a thousand years ago, I worked for a corporation where I was in charge of all of their meetings for this one, the magazine mm -hmm. division, okay? So all the way from the sales guys, all the way up to the CEOs of all the corporations. And my job was to bring them in 
they would have a meeting. Now, nothing like that is done. Now it's all done with e-learning and, you know, you do it on your computer. But you bring everybody in. You have it three days. You bring the, the spouses in. And I was in charge. I was the, the hawk circling all the time. So if everybody was sitting by the pool, they say, come sit by the pool. And like, I'd sit there for five minutes and then I'm out. I'm out. There was another um, event planner who used to sit by the pool with a margarita all afternoon. And I used to say, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're not part of the group. You're overseeing the group. Doesn't mean you're yeah, less you're than. You're the cruise director. You yeah, be, right. You know, you're the one who, on when point. they have a problem, they're going to come to you. But if you're sloshed by the pool, the who, you know, no. <laughs> it sends the wrong message. It just sends the wrong message. And when everybody else went out and partied all night, I went back to my room and I got ready for the next day. So I would rather be more conservative in what I'm bringing to the table than be outlandish, you know. So those are some of the things we that... In a sense, you're professional. That's what makes you unique. And because uh, I asked that question, what what do you feel that makes you unique? And that's years of experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, there's so many things that you learn that you have to unlearn. And this, a lot of the stuff that I did learn, I'm glad I did. And some of it, I'm trying to unlearn. Like I had a, a session with Scott Parkin, and he's a fabulous improv actor in L.A. He's like why are you so buttoned up? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you were in business, right? And I'm like, how do you know? And he says, because you're like so tight, like just like let loose, let your hair down, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, okay. So like whenever I feel like I'm too tight and you know, yeah. like I'm buttoned up, I think of Scott. But I, I've been brought up in that environment as well. You know, I was fortunate to work with a company here locally called Bell Laboratories. <gasps> And uh, I loved it. I was a young kid working over there in their uh, video department as uh, sort of like a trainee. Mm -hmm. And um, it was, they were all suit and ties, all buttoned up. And I'm like, this is how the world works. And then obviously things have changed. But I remember crew cuts, suit and ties at at Bell Laboratories. And it was very businesslike. And so, and Marie, you and I grew up with, we didn't grow up with Facebook. We grew up with what? A phone Phone book. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. For sure. You know, and <laughs> is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? It's just a thing. That's yeah. what it is. You're, you're not going to say, oh, it was so horrible. You know, no, I'm not scarred by it. I don't think I am. But, you know, it's um, it's it is what it is, you know, and yeah. that's that's it. You know, everybody brings a different thing to the table. And the thing that I bring is believability, trustworthiness. I'm educated. You know, um, I've been told I have to dumb down some of my scripts, you know, because in the audiobook world, every T, every D, every ing has to be sounded, you know. So, you know, with some of the stuff that's out there, it's very conversational now. So you have to kind of say, yeah, what do you want? Not what do you want, you know. So it has to be. Hey, forget about it. Yeah, forget. (laughs) That's Brooklyn. That's Brooklyn. There you go. But, uh, yeah, but, you know. It's a fun journey. It Every day it's something new. So speaking about fun, what is it that you enjoy? What is the most enjoyable voiceover work that you do? Like, I love doing this. I love doing commercials. I love doing commercials, um, radio commercials, because there's a certain, you know, way of, because they, they don't see anything. They don't have a visual. Mind's right? eye. Right. So you have to let them know this is what's happening. And the ones that are done 
in a half an hour is fabulous. You know, compared to me working for three weeks on a book, I can get something done in a half an hour. I love that, that switch, you know, like I said, smarter, not harder. And I love that. I love being able to make the client happy on the first try. You know, it's such a reward where, you know, like, well, I want you to sound um, professional, but not snooty, but... Uh, so they, they paint the picture for you. They do. Right. Yeah, they okay. do. But like with radio, somebody had said it's like balls to the wall. It's like you really got to let that, let them know, you know, this is what's going on, you know. So I, I love that. Awesome. So is there any kind of <clears throat> like... Like when a performer goes on stage, they're in the back of la, 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 la. Is there any kind of training that you continue to do to, to keep your 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 voice in tune in a sense? Or So not only are you looking at things that are happening in society to be able to understand this is the way the maybe this is, you know, during COVID, it was sort of like, well, you know, mm-hmm. take, a, take a deep breath here. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's sort of like like as if, you know, like comforting and warming. And so is there any kind of training that you do? Is there any anything that, 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 that keeps you at the top of your game? You watch TV. You don't fast forward through the commercials. You watch the commercials. Or you go on iSpot.tv and watch what the top commercials are. You know, whatever category you're in, whether it's sports, healthcare, cooking, whatever. You go to the ones that you know that your voice fits in or that you've booked in, or you want to book in, and you see how they're doing it. Because it's current, it's running now, or it just ran, you know? So that's how you stay on top of the flavor of the, the genre, the flavor of the the specific industry that they're, they're looking so at. So is there any particular voiceover person that you follow that you use as a, gosh, you know, someday? There were many. There are many, yeah. And I'm not going to name them only because then the ones who I also follow and I forgot to tell you about, you know, but male, female, you know, mostly females because, you know, that's... Something tells me they're all following you now. Oh, <laughs> there you go. That's so nice. <laughs> but, um, but you have to be smart when it comes to what you're going after. You know, if I get an audition for a teenager or for a young adult... I could do a young adult voice, but I don't know um, if I want to, you know. I've done them in books, and that's fine. But there's something, like I said, in the voice, in the the, the history and the experience of my voice that is going to come through that's not going to be believable. So next random question here. <laughs> How has the landscape of voiceover artistry changed since you started? So when you first got started to what's happening now, has it changed? Dramatically. Okay. Dramatically. So take me quickly through that that change. Well, you know, I was in my own little audiobook box in that world, so I just stayed in that world. Everything to do with audiobooks, that's what I did. Conferences, webinars, all of that. And then, you know, the pan the pandemic hits. People are now who have gone into you know, and I did all my work from my my home studio. So now the pandemic hits and people who have usually gone into studios to record commercials, whatever, they now have to find a home setup. The competition became fiercer, for lack of a better adjective. More people thought that if I can't do the on-camera stuff anymore, um, for now, 
and I have to do it from home, you know, um, I'll need to get my, my booth set up. So now agents are going to, and casting directors, they're going to, you know, like a bigger pool of people. Um, and there are also people who are just like, wow, I can make a ton of money just just talking. So I'm going to get a microphone and, and, and plug it into my iPhone and I'm going to do it that way. So you've got like, you know, beginners who are still trying to find their way, but they're, they're still in this pool, you know, and people like you are having to sort through and say, okay. It's overwhelming. It's, it's so competitive. It's so competitive. And you would say, how could it be competitive when they just started out? There's, there's a lot of precision, but there's also a lot of luck and a lot of timing that comes into this. Sometimes when I get a job, it's timing and luck. I had an e-learning job, somebody, you know, from LinkedIn, and she's like, what are your rates? I send her my rates. And she says, you know, you're double the rate everybody else that I just spoke to. I said, well, um, I can only tell you, like, here's the rate guide. It's the GVAA rate guide, the Global Voice Acting Academy, right? The rate guide, it's broken down into genres. I said, I'm like smack dab in the middle. And she said, oh, my God, this is a great resource. And you got the job. So it was like, so like, re like, and I didn't do it, you know, to say like, oh my God, you're such an idiot. Here it is. Right. I did it because like, this is how I tell people, this is how I base my rates. You educated the client in a very polite way. I educated the educator. Definitely. Definitely. Awesome. You know. Well, we're going to take a little break right now and we'll be back. This is Frank Farrell, Custom Video Productions with Marie Hoffman. And the uh, <clears throat> podcast is called Video, Marketing, and Mayhem. 